Welcome to Open Plaza, created by the Hispanic Theological Initiative. In this episode of Open Plaza, Pastor Noemi Cordova and Reverend Miri Silencio talk about her oranges of founding Flora Ministries, importance of partnership, and the journey as a Master of Divinity student at Fuller Theological Seminary. For more information about today's episode, check out htiopenplaza.org. Welcome to HTI Open Plaza. My name is Millie Silencio, and I'm here with the founder of Flora Ministries, Noemi Cordova. Hi, Noemi. Welcome to our podcast. How are you? Hey, Millie. I am well. I'm so grateful that it's Friday, and I'm so excited to be here with you today. Thank you. I'm so glad you're here with us, too. So tell us more about your story. Um, I, I know we're fellow Peruanas in New York City, so share with us. A little bit more of your journey. Yes, yes. I was born in Lima, Peru, and I, I migrated to the States when I was eight years old. So I've been here for a little bit now and um, residing in Queens, which is like one of the best neighborhoods in the world. So I'm a Queens girl, um, been in Elmers for a while. So I love, love Elmers, uh, Corona, Jackson Heights, that is the vicinity and just uh, I just love being able to be with community. I believe that I've been shaped and formed by my community, and it's so excited to be. It's so exciting to be able to do that, uh, do community with them now, in a different way. That's great, Noemi. And talking about community, um, tell us what is the origin of your ministry name, Flora Ministries. Yes, yeah, so Flora Ministries was born um so organically. It was uh, basically I when I came to the Lord, um, I decided that the gospel and evangelism and social action was just it just clicked. Everything was so together. I had a foundation of um, community, uh, not just service, but communal support from Peru. My mom was very big on, you know, making sure that we all knew what was happening around us and that we were able to support each other in any ways that we could. So I had that foundation and then moving to the States, uh, my dad was also, he is a very communal person. Um, he is from Ancash and he has that background of just uh, communal support. So when I, you know, started my walk with Jesus, I was like, yeah, this is Jesus. Jesus did the same thing too. So uh, I started to do more things in my community and started very small, just like, you know, 13 years old, maybe like making sandwiches and things like that. And just looking out for my own house neighbors. And then uh, part of the youth ministry, it, it was really important for me to um, lead the young people into that work as well. Um, and then from there, it just, People started, uh, they saw the that we were caring for the community and they would just donate to us. And like, I started with a dollar, $20. And then it became like, oh, here's a hundred dollars. <laughs> and I'm like, what am I gonna do with this? So uh, in 2018, we decided that, um, that we were just gonna make it official we, so that we can keep ourselves accountable. And uh, so we formed a 501c3. And it's still very grassroots. It's still very, um, our stakeholders are our community members and our donors. And um, I decided to name it Flora because that's the name of my mom. That's my mom's name. And my mom passed away in 2013. And I wanted to do something that would honor her life, her legacy. But also, I don't think there's um, a lot of organizations that are named after women. So 
I was like, we need another women's name on this. So yeah, that's Flora. So um, F stands for faith, L stands for love, um, O stands for outreach, R is for restoration, and A is for advancing the gospel. Wow, that's really beautiful. Yeah, I know for me, I hold very dear my madrecita. I always say it and will continue to say it. She is the queen of our house. <laughs> she really <laughs> is. She really is. Yeah. And I'm sorry to hear on the loss of your mom um, before the formation of Flora, but I'm glad that her name, like you said, a woman, you know, a woman's name is part of a, a ministry and a, a nonprofit. So that's awesome. So I would yes. like to know, can you share with us more what is happening on ground right now? with our migrant communities and how is Flora Ministries participating in this? Yeah, so one of our pillars is um, just collaboration. And um, last year before the, the crisis began, we already started seeing some families coming to Queens and we were getting in contact with them. Uh, and they were calling us, they weren't sure how to get from the from the airport to like the shelters. And, and then it was, a, I believe it was about two or three families. So we were able to navigate that. Um, not, you know, it was, it was rough, but it was like, okay, two or three families. And then um, I met Pastor Simon and Ruth at Expansion who also have a heart for the community. And I remember sitting with them and telling them like, there's only two or three families, but maybe we should get ready for, for a wave of families that may be coming in. And we were like, yeah, you know, let's let's think about that. So when all of this happened, I feel like it was so God had been preparing us to be able to care for those and that were coming in. Um, right now, I began well, where the church is. There was about two shelters when it first started, and now it's up to eleven shelters of just families, which is like single households or like there's people have three kids. Um, so it's just it's a lot going on in the community and um, people are not just in Queens, but they're in the Bronx, they're in Manhattan, they're in Brooklyn. Um, and I don't think the buses are stopping. They're still coming in. And um, yeah, it's been a big challenge, but you know, we want to support these families and the basic needs that, you know, just clothing and shoes and kind of help them know that they are part of the community as they establish themselves um, and anything that we can. Thank you so much for your work because it's needed in, in definitely supporting um, our communities in a new land, right? In a new culture and not knowing um, where to turn to. So I'm super grateful that Flora Ministries and also Expansion Church are collaborating to help our migrant communities. I also would love to ask you this. Uh, what is your perspective with what the media has been commenting on our migrant communities currently? Yeah, there's a lot of mixed um, information in the media. Uh, some of it is anti-immigrant. Uh, some of it is supporting um, our families. And I think the narrative has been that, um, you know, people are coming, they want to take advantage of the system. You know, they should be able to, they know that they're coming to a place where they're supposed to be able to take care of themselves. And I don't think that's the point. The point is that our city um, has had a housing issue for a very long time. We have a lot of people here who are a lot of unhoused neighbors, a lot of people that have been waiting for stabilized rent apartments. And now that we have a crisis, I think that um, the families are taking the spotlight, the migrant families are taking the spotlight in that. And I think we should be thankful in a way because they are um, putting it in, in our faces. Um, 
But there's a lot of families that are here because they just want a better future for their children. They have not crossed borders and, you know, the jungle because they want a handout. You know, they're here because they really believe that it's a, a place where they have opportunities to flourish. And we want to come alongside that. Um, I think we see it. Um, it has mobilized the church as well to see that, you know, um, that together we can support each other. I, I've seen about six to eight churches come together in the past uh, six months to be able to support the families. And that's something that they have um, kind of forced us to do in a way, which is great. Um, but yeah, I think the narrative is, um, it's sad. It makes me sad because um, they're being used as political pawns uh, to get resources that they may never see. Um, so we support them. And um, at the end of the day, they're just families like us who came here just like our families to be able to give their themselves and their children a better future. What else can you mention um, regarding, or maybe, you know, the absence of this too, which is, you know, have you received in your wonderful ministry of supporting our communities um, help from our city or not? You know, um, how have you navigated as well receiving other resources besides, of course, the wonderful partnerships with different churches? Um, has our city participated in that? The city has not participated in that. Um, they have all the funds that have gone to immigrant organizations or just organizations in the community are um, big nonprofits. Um, I believe that they've done things like uh, host OSHA classes and other things. Um, but uh, usually the smaller organizations are left out from that aid, even though um, we do a lot of the on the ground work. How have you navigated, I guess, the difficulties of, you know, how not having perhaps the full aid? And also, how have you navigated this experience as the founder of Flora Ministries as a, as a Latina, right? Because I know also that in itself has a wonderful story, too. So share with us. Yeah, I, you know what, I, I'm always surprised of what Jesus does and, um, we have a little and it just multiplies and that still continues to be a miracle. Um, and it's really about people power. And I seen that in the ministry, we don't have any grants from any um, big organizations or city funding. Anyone that chips in is like people, everyday people, you know, working families, even the minor families, they help us with the distributions. They're the ones that are moving things with us. Like, we're helping each other. And that's what I love about um, being so small <laughs> that, you know, we don't have to wait on, on someone to sign off something for someone to get the support that they need, that we just know, okay, you gave it to us, we're giving it back to you and we're redistributing what we have put into our, our community investment. Um, so it hasn't been, for me, it hasn't been a barrier. If not, I feel like I've seen, uh, I've been enlightened and I've been um, reassured and I've been motivated by what, people can do when they just come together and that's a latina yeah <laughs> i'm still trying to figure that out i'm not gonna lie to you um it's it's uh it's difficult because especially as a bilingual person sometimes i'm like 
switching from language, uh, from English to Spanish. And I'm just like, wait, what am I even trying to say? I just forgot what I was going to say in English because I'm thinking in Spanish or I'm feeling in Spanish right now. So um, it's been it's been great. I think, um, yeah, I think as a Latina, it's so good to be, especially in Queens, we have so many powerful Latinas that are like in politics and in community work and as organizers and just pastors. So being in Queens that I do feel loved and reassured. Um, can't speak outside of Queens to be honest, but in Queens it's been great. <laughs> That's wonderful, Noe. What was your journey as a woman pastor and how has it shaped and influenced Flora Ministries? Very homey and literally all the nations the are in Queens, right? has in always York. been um, caring for people's immediate needs and urgent needs. And I never consider myself a pastor um, because it wasn't the traditional role of teaching and preaching. Not that I don't do those things or that I've never done those things, but um, or that I even enjoy. But I always noticed my my uh, ministry was outside of the the gates, right outside the gates, and um, I never really saw that as a pastoral role. Um, and then recently, I was asked to join the pastoral team at Expansion Church, NYC. And Pastor Simon was so gracious to navigate that with me and said, this is also a pastorship role. You're caring for people in the community and making sure that they're taken care of. That's what pastors do. They care for people. <laughs> and it may not look like the traditional role that, you, you know, that we've seen, but it doesn't mean that it's less than. And I think that was really, um, I it, it was more reassurance for me because I saw it. And then a few weeks after that, I um, we had a clothing distribution at one of the shelters where um, families uh, that have been here in the community already and recently arrived families are residing. And when I got to the shelter, there was already a line of people waiting for us. And one of the ladies saw me there and she said, Pastora. And I was like, oh, hi. <laughs> and I think that was a confirmation that, you know, God was onto something and that people did see me that way, even if I didn't see myself that way. And then from there, I also started getting text messages from other people in the community and they were like, hola, pastora. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I get it. <laughs> and I think that gave me a lot of... um confirmation and uh, made me feel secured and that you know it's that it's how people view you and they saw me as a caregiver that is beautiful you literally received your affirmation from la comunidad the community that is really really marvelous to hear and how you said it too it's true like many a times we have certain perceptions right or assumptions mm -hmm. of only a pastoral role being in the pulpit not to say it's not um, accredited. It's absolutely wonderful, right? Like you said, preaching and teaching, but also the pastoral role is in la comunidad. It is in the community. It is in service. And that in itself is preaching a message, right? A message of love, a message that, you know, you can extend a hand and Jesus loves you and for who you are in your full story, right? Um, So I appreciate that very much, you know, and yay, shout out to women pastors as another one pastor <laughs> myself. Um, I can definitely say um, the call is huge, but sometimes we don't perceive it, right? We don't see ourselves there. 
but it's wonderful that God puts us and partners in the journey in our lives to say, hey, this is what I see in you and affirms and completely confirms that this is the way walking it. So I'm so grateful that you shared this part of yourself as well. And I know you also absolutely believe in partnerships, as you mentioned to us, you know, partnerships with churches, um, such as our church, right? Expansion Church and other churches um, that are helping together, serving our migrant communities. But also, I would love for you to share on how you came across being part of the advisory board of She Saves a Nation. Yes, yes. So about um, three, four years ago, wow, it went by so quick. Yeah, about uh, three and a half or four years ago, um, I met Kanita Benson, who is the founder and the president of She Saves a Nation. She's an amazing woman of God who also attends Fuller Theological Seminary, and she's doing her doctorate there. And when we met, we just clicked, you know, our, our heart for the Lord, but for the community, and especially for young women, um, was something close to both of us. And she told me about She's a Nation and invited me to be part of a, a trip to Kenya where we were going to meet some pastors there and we would meet the girls that had been um who they were working with, which is refugee girls um, who have been displaced from the communities due to like social wars and um, civil wars in the neighborhood. And they needed to start over. And this pastor, um, he took all those people and they started again. And it was um, a spiritual journey, but it was also um, an emotional and mental journey for them. Psychologically, um, they have been through a lot of trauma as a displaced community. So She's of the Nation um, stepped in to support these girls so that they can become the saviors of their own um, lives. And um, well, we decided that, you know, we're going to partner with them. And she invited me to come to Kenya. And then I went. And when I went, let me tell you, uh, this is the trip that um, made me realize that I wanted to well, finalized that I wanted to start my seminary journey as well because I was alongside like six, seven women who were just killing it. And they they looked at me and said, why not? Why can't you do it? You should just do it. Um, And I came back from that trip. And when we came back from that trip, um, Kanita said, I would love for you to, you have a lot of experience in, you know, in the nonprofit world. And I would love for you to join me and be an advisor for the board. So I said, okay. Why not? Especially with her leadership, because she's just a, she's such a boss. I'm like, I have so much to learn from Kanita that I'm like, yes, I want to be um along. I want to work alongside her and learn from her and be led by her because she just has so much wisdom and knowledge to share. Wow. I have to say, it's so beautiful that God unites us with wonderful comadres, right? Wonderful soul sisters in our journey who share in just a love of supporting women, you know, where it's just amazing how you were invited here and you continue on that journey and supporting others and also lifting up others that, that need that encouragement. So that's super amazing. I always love that hearing wonderful kind of um, comadres stories of like, yeah, let's do this. Come join this. Let's unite for this cause or for, you know, just to elevate our communities, um, especially us as women, right? And women of color to stand together in solidarity mm -hmm. for each other and what we're seeing happening with our refugee community as well. Um, as you 
as you mentioned. And also, yeah, talk to me more about your academic journey. It's also wonderful to hear that you were encouraged um, in seminary. I know that's something for me I also shied away from, but I also <laughs> was like, yeah, I was pushed into it in a good way of like, hey, if you want to learn about urban ministry more and God's history and the history of the people in general, go to seminary. And never was that ever my radar as well. So, yeah, talk to us as well about your education in that way. Yes, yes. I mean, a big part of She's Asian Nation is also um, providing the tools for these girls to be able to um, continue their studies. There's so many things that get in um, in the way of that. And one simple thing, this is how She's Asian Nation started. It was just by providing these girls um, sanitary products so that they wouldn't miss school. And it's something so simple to us, but it's really something that is affecting someone's lives. So that's how it started, making sure that the girls had the, the supplies that they needed so they wouldn't have to miss school and not have an education. And for me, I really connected with that because my educational journey has been a battle, if I like a battle. <laughs> um, so when I finished uh, my associates, I was I didn't know what to do. I got my associates in um, human services, mental health. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to become a social worker. Should I become a therapist? And I just wasn't sure. Something didn't click. And I that's when I decided to go to Bible Institute. Um, when I went to Bible Institute, um, okay, I finished Bible Institute. And I said, well, what do I, where do I do? What do I do now? Did I do I continue to be a social worker? Do I continue to be a therapist? Maybe I should do something. Maybe I should become a lawyer. I don't even know where that came from, but I'm like, I want to, I have to continue, right? Um, but it was so expensive, as you know, like it's not even in New York City with so much support, financial aid. Um, I didn't qualify for some of those things, even as a resident. And I had to pay out of pocket. So it took me longer to be able to finish my associate's degree. And then um, in Bible Institute, it was such a great tool to continue my studies and not feel like I was getting left behind, which is why I believe in Bible Institute as well. And then um, after I finished, uh, my pastor gave me the opportunity to teach at my local church. Um, and my first Bible Institute class that I gave uh, I, they were so graceful <laughs> with me, uh, but I loved that. I loved that I, for the first time, I felt like theology didn't feel as something that, you know, the experts did and then that we kind of like memorized all that information and that's the way to do things. It was more like, no, like we can discuss these things and think for ourselves and see how it affects our own spiritual life and our community and our church and I saw that in my students and I'm like, okay, I need to continue to equip myself. And that's, that's when I said, I'm going to go to seminary. And um, I always said that that was my, one of my primary motivations because I, once I finish, I definitely want to go back to teach at Bible Institute. That is beautiful, Noemi. And I understand as well, you know, <laughs> you know, our city gives so much opportunities. I love it. Um, New York City is great with that, but there's a lot of limits um, in resources mm -hmm. financially for higher education for us. Um, I know for myself, I identify as first generation, and I'm also the first to graduate college from my family. So also that is that was a factor for my story too. So I can relate as well the the hardship of working right, but then also earning your 
you know, your money in order to provide for school, right? And to continue in that. So thank you, Noemi, for just sharing that. And also the encouragement of, you know, si se puede, you can do it right? <laughs> as you're passionate about it. And also um, in saying, you know, having a heart to teach theology um, for for all our comunidad, you know, not only those who, um, yes, who may have, you know, the opportunity to go to seminary, like we did, but also those who just want to start learning, you know, very, very practically grassroots. And I love that about Bible Institutes of having the direct access for the comunidad and giving yeah. that, that little granito de, de arena, but also so much. Like I went to the Bible Institute too for a certain season and many of the lessons I learned from there helped me in understanding very big, deep topics in seminary that I'm super grateful. I'm like, oh, I remember this. Um, <laughs> so it's just things like that. It's just wonderful to hear. So yeah, yeah, it's so it's so wonderful to be in a classroom with people who are even older than you, who um, they take it seriously because they, they didn't have that opportunity um, uh, when they were younger, some of them some of the women became moms at an early age so they had to focus on their children and the home and all these things and now now that they're older and the kids are growing up like they can focus on learning and to see them take it so seriously it's like okay it's bible institute is not something that you do in the meantime it's something that you should give a hundred percent too because there are people coming here really wanting to learn you know and expand and hear what the lord is saying to them if you could advise your younger self what would be some words you would give your younger self? And I would say this is an aim for us to encourage, right? The next generation who's dreaming, who is seeing, you know, as well, the injustices in our community. So yeah, what would you advise your younger self? Um, there's one thing that I used to hear from my stepmom when I was a teenager. She used to be like, eres un fosforito. <laughs> and I'm just like why am I always so mad at everything and um, I used to think that my anger was um, useless so I would say to my younger self like no it's it's a gift you know it's a gift yeah you may have to learn how to redirect it <laughs> but there's nothing wrong with you um, your anger is a gift your feelings are a gift and um, the fact that you do care, it's, it's not, um, it's, it's from God. Um, it's not, there's nothing wrong and you're not alone in it. You know, you just haven't found your people yet. That is so beautiful, Noemi. You're not alone, alone in it, as you mentioned, you know, and finding your people. I think that's so, so important. And I think one last question for you would be, how has your faith played a role in what you do today? Yes, I think God really strengthens me <laughs> to wake up and face so many things and also be able to hear, hold people's stories as sacred. You know, people are sharing their stories every single day. And um, a lot of times you feel a lot of impotence, but, you know, we know that God is more powerful than what we can do. And, you know, we hold it as sacred and we surrender it to the Lord and know that God has a plan to prosper all of us, including our new families. Um, so I think my my faith really um, guides me in the work. It guides me, it strengthens me, and, and it helped me keep myself accountable too. 
um, because I'm not always right and my strategies aren't always right. Um, and I think um, my faith keeps me in, in community. That's wonderful. My faith keeps me in community. I'm like, yes, I think I can so agree with that for myself too. Yeah, thank you so much, Noemi, for being here. And tell us, how can we connect with Flora Ministries? What are certain ways that we can, um, yeah, just follow you or in social media, website, etc. Yes, you can follow us on Facebook and on Instagram at Flora Ministries. Um, our website is floraministries.org. And um, yes, give us a follow. Keep uh, keep updated on all the things going on. We try to let people know what's happening in the community and ways that they can come alongside of us. There you have it. Floraministries.org and Flora Ministries on Instagram, Facebook. So thank you so much, Noemi, for, for being here with us and sharing your story. Thank you for having me. This has been an HTI production. For more information, visit us at htiopenplaza.org. The Hispanic Theological Initiative provides Open Plaza as a public service. The views expressed by the guests are their own. Their appearance on this program or any reference to a specific product or entity they represent does not constitute an endorsement or recommendation by HTI.